D-back squander a very manageable win against San Diego Padres. Who is to blame? And Mike Trout has had a magical career, but does he need that one playoff moment to be the cherry on top to that magical career? Discussing that with Sully Baseball and so much more next. You are locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. I know you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at creatorthomas24 for my personal account or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. And hey, Diamondbacks fans, you're going to love this. Today's episode is brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined. Stay tuned later in the show for more information on this awesome new awesome new tool for collectors you're going to want to check out the sports card investor app because we're definitely going to be talking about it later on the podcast it's a cool new thing for you guys so we're going to be talking about that later but um i don't even think you guys are going to see that actually uh the the audio listeners are going to hear more about the sports card investor app so go check out this podcast on all podcasting platforms so you could hear about that sports card investor app because you won't hear it on just the youtube version of this but Let's talk about that D-backs game against the San Diego Padres. We'll talk about Mike Trout and all that with Sully Baseball later on in the podcast. Um, for the audio listeners, not you YouTube listeners, but let's talk about that game because the D-backs felt like they squandered one against the San Diego Padres because this was a tie game for most of it. I mean, this was a game that went into extra innings. It was tied for so long because the D-backs let this game get into extra innings. The D-backs had a chance to win this game against the San Diego Padres, and they just squandered it. Opportunity after opportunity, the D-backs played this game like they did not want to beat the San Diego Padres. And this is a crucial time for the D-backs because we know they've been struggling against mediocre teams. They were coming again, coming off a great series win against the Minnesota Twins, but if you want to keep that momentum going and really stay in the mix for this wild card race, which is starting to get further and further away, you got to you got to beat the good teams in baseball, and you especially got to beat the good teams in your division. And yesterday, the offense didn't show up. And today against the San Diego Padres, the offense didn't show up once again when they really had a chance to win this game. I mean, you just look at extra innings. Yeah, maybe you don't deserve to win a game when you can't lay down a bunt because Jake Hager and Dalton Varsho are not able to lay down bunts in extra innings. Now, the Padres struggled with a little bit of that as well in extra innings because I don't even know who... Uh, Puts the bunt down, but Kyle Nelson makes that phenomenal heads-up play where he goes to third base and gets the lead runner out there. So that's a phenomenal heads-up play by Kyle Nelson. Really athletic play, too, um, by him. But you look at extra innings, and the D-backs offensively played like they didn't want to win in extra innings. They couldn't get the bunts down. They actually were able to, at one point, get the bases loaded 
despite it being two outs, that's still a great opportunity to win the game. I mean, you saw what the Padres were able to do in the bottom of the 11th. They were able to win the game. The D-backs were not able to get the clutch hit in the Pretty much the whole night, the D-backs were never able to get that big hit from the offense because the D-backs were 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position, so they were never able to come through. And that was kind of the story of the night, just never being able to come through when your team needed you. And Zach Gallen could have definitely used some run support tonight because it was another pretty great Zach Gallen game. I mean, you can make the argument... It's one of the best Zach Allen starts of his career because he had a career-high 11 strikeouts in this game. It's only the second time in his career he's had double-digit strikeouts in a game, and it was mostly off his off-speed off. It was mostly off his off-speed stuff. I think I counted 10 of his 11 strikeouts either came off the that curveball or his changeup, and I thought his curveball was really nasty tonight because this was an interesting for interesting game for Zach Allen. I'm fumbling on my words a little bit tonight. Um, it's getting late here, guys. I'm recording literally at midnight, um, so mind and just bear with me, but Zach Allen... Um, I thought his off-speed stuff was dominant tonight. I thought it looked really good. His fastball, because the, the funny thing about this start for Zach Allen is his command was just kind of iffy. There was a couple innings where he ran to where he ran to ran into some trouble. There was a couple innings. Um, it was kind of those same couple innings where he ran into some trouble, put some guys on the bases. He had like what a string where he walked like three or four batters, three of four batters. So there was definitely moments in the game where Zach Allen was struggling with his command. But at the same time, he also struck out the side twice in the game. So Zach Allen, I think overall you would say it was a pretty nasty and dominant start by him. I mean, he goes six innings, two earned runs, three walks. So really the three walks kind of came in the same time period, but 11 strikeouts overall. He who may not be named, but he'll be named on this podcast, Eric Hosmer. That's Javier Reyes's little game he does on Lockdown Padres where he does not give Eric Hosmer the privilege of saying his name out loud on his podcast. And I think against the D-backs, you have to say it out loud because he had a home run off Zach Allen, which tied up the game. But overall, still a dominant star by Zach Allen. You just feel like the D-backs offense really let down Zach Allen tonight. And feels it kind of feels like a lot of Zach Allen starts. The offense wasn't there to back him up. But as we do after D-backs losses, we know after wins, we like to hand out three stars. They do it in hockey. I don't know if every team does it, but I know the Arizona Coyotes. They do it after wins. We hand out three stars. And on the D-backs podcast, we hand out three stars after wins. But after losses, we do the opposite. We hand out three moons. And so... Who were the players who had a chance to make a big impact or were making mistakes during the game? These are the players that you could probably put the blame on after a loss. So let's hand out the three moons. The first moon. Oh, before we get to the moons, also, shout out. I can't believe I forgot this. Shout out Jordan Luplo because the only offense that the D-backs got in this game was Jordan Luplo. If the D-backs won this game and I was to hand out stars, Jordan Luplo would get the biggest star. He had that inside the park home run. You guys know I love to talk about Jordan Luplo because on the NLS roundtable, I said he was a big addition for the D-backs and his batting average is terrible, but considering what he's done this year, he's He's got 10 home runs now after inside the park home run. He's got like a 750 OPS like Jordan Luplo. Um, his slugging percentage is going to be pretty good. So he's got some ups and he's got some downs, some positives and negatives. But he's been a, a fun addition to this D-back squad this year. And after um, that inside the park home run, like the next inning, he has that 
error basically in left field. I'm not even sure if it went down as an error or base hit, but it was definitely a catchable ball. And it feels like a ball that David Peralta probably tracks down in left field. So Jordan Luplo all over the place tonight, but I think more good um, than bad from Jordan Luplo. But let's hand out our three, moon, our three moons of the game. And Jordan Luplo will not be getting one of the moons. The first moon I'm going to give out is to Dalton Varsho. 0 for 5, two strikeouts, didn't come through in extra innings. Second moon goes to Ketel Marte, also didn't come through, two strikeouts, 0 for 4. And the third moon of the game is going to go to Jake Hager, who also couldn't lay down the bunt in extra innings, 0 for 4, two strikeouts, offense did nothing. D-backs offense really let down Zach Gallant in tonight's game because Zach Gallant once again, had a great performance from our stud. And now the D-backs have to hope. Let me double-check the schedule because a lot of times I'll say, oh, final game of the series for the D-backs tomorrow, and then they're playing a four-game series. So let me just double-check. Um, okay, D-backs, final game of the series against the San Diego Padres tomorrow at 1 o'clock. So hopefully the D-backs can at least get back on track before they play a pretty winnable series against the Detroit Tigers next. Now, I want to talk about that one thing Mike Trout really needs to just cement his legacy as an all-time legend, but I also want a Mike Trout trading card, and the best place to get a personal Mike Trout trading card is the Sports Card Investor app, because growing up, my grandfather, he had a whole collection of baseball cards, and he eventually passed them all down to me, and now growing up, being an adult, doing this Lockdown Dimebacks podcast, I want a piece of the D-backs, and I think the best way to you know, have a piece of my team is to collect trading cards. And when you really think about the D-backs future, it's bright, right? You got Alec Thomas, Ketel Marte still young, Corbin Carroll's coming up, Jordan Lawler. Like, I want to own a piece of all these guys' futures, and Sports Card Investor really lets me do that. So, Welcome to the world of sports cards reimagined because the Sports Card Investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource. Quickly check the value of your favorite cards, find great deals, and profit from the hobby you love. Available completely free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores. The Sports Card Investor app is a must-have for all baseball fans. It's completely free. Easily browse over 630,000 cards from every spot with hundreds more added each week. Check the latest values of your favorite cards with 7-day or 30-day charts. Find the best prices and buy directly through the app with our eBay deals feature. Download the Sports Card Investor app today. Available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash lockdown. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the pod. Hey, we mentioned your boy, Buddy Kennedy. My guy. Uh, now, there's another player we alluded to from uh, from that part of the country. Uh, mm -hmm. That would be Mr. Michael Trout, mm -hmm. who hit five home runs in five games, and two of them were the go-ahead shots that put the Angels ahead for good. Um, I don't know if you're aware of that, but Michael Trout is uh, is good at baseball. He's very good at baseball. And um, you know what? He's, uh, I mean, he leads the league in OPS right now. He already has 21 homers. And uh, let's just uh, let's just take a look at one thing right here. Uh, not counting today's game, which, by the way, he homered today as well. Yeah. Today meaning Sunday. Um, 
his last 14 days, he's he <laughs> has seven home runs in his last there's actually eight home runs in his last 14 games. Uh going into today, his last 14 games, he batted 351 with an OPS of 1.515. Um, he's just he is having an one of his best seasons ever. And this is coming from a guy who's already going to the Hall of Fame. He he already has his highest home run total since 2019. Okay. Um, now, granted, one of them, one year he was, he only played 36 games last year. And the 2020 season was the, the COVID year. But still, mm-hmm. 20 home runs ain't bad. And um, again, it's, it, it's, it's gut punch time because once again, it's on a wasted season. Yeah, you know? it, it could be. We'll still see if the Angels can turn it around because at one point they were competitive in the playoff mix and they're nine games back right now. They're division leader, Houston Astros, but they're still not too far back in the wild card race if they're able to turn around. I mean, they're three games back of 500, so they're not totally out of it just yet. And Mike Trout, like you said, I mean, I don't know how many words we can use to describe him because, I mean, of course, everyone are already gives him his flowers and already considers him one of the greatest baseball players of all time. And he's having another one of those seasons. And there was some doubt, some question marks heading into this season, just because he's been kind of injured the last two years. So there's, you know, there's been some question marks as to whether maybe Mike Trout started to be in the decline of his career because he is entering his early 30s. And maybe he just on the back nine of his career because we saw Albert Pujols, those first 10 years with St. Louis, one of the greatest first 10 years ever all time. And then the next 10 years, he really started to hit the decline and just was not the same player as opposed to those first 10 years. So maybe Mike Trout was going to enter the similar arc of his career. And it hasn't happened just yet because so far this season for Mike Trout is off to one of the best seasons of all time for his own career standards. And he's looking dominant once again. And if the Yankees weren't as good as they are. And if Judge wasn't leading the home run, uh, leading the league in home runs already, um, Mike Trout might be number one in that MVP conversation. And he's going to be. I mean, the American League MVP race right now with Judge, Jose Ramirez that we've talked about, and Mike Trout, like, it's going to be loaded. And you also can't forget about Shohei Otani because even though he doesn't seem to have as much, you know, claim or star power as he did last year, I think we're going to look up at the end of the season and be like, man, Otani still had a 260 average, but 900 OPS. 25 to 30 home runs, 25 stolen bases, and he's still going to be the best pitcher on his Angels team. So I think this MVP race in the American League is going to be a blast, and Mike Trout uh, could end up taking home, what, his fifth MVP award, which is just insane. Now, I'm going to bring up a game. Okay. And this is one of those turning point games because it involves another center fielder who was in the news this week. Uh, In game two of the 2014 division series between Kansas City and the Angels. Mike Trout came up to lead off the bottom of the ninth against Jason Frazier of Kansas City. And if Mike Trout had homered against Jason Frazier, it would have been a walk-off home run. The Angels would have won the game, and that would have been the first postseason signature moment of Mike Trout's career. He popped up to the catcher. Pujols and Howie Kendrick also popped up. Uh, the game was uh, scoreless in going to the uh, was tied going to the eleventh, and with uh, one on and nobody out, Lorenzo Cain singled, and then came around and scored on Eric Hosmer's home run. And it was Cain who sparked the game-winning rally, not Mike Trout. 
And two years, and the next year, and he was the ALCS MVP that year when the Royals went to the World Series. And the next year, scored from first on what was essentially a bloop single, or I guess it was a double, that was the go-ahead run in the pennant clincher, and Lorenzo Cain had his signature postseason moment. When they were celebrating his career, they show that mad dash from first base to score the go-ahead run, what was the pennant clincher, and ultimately the Royals went on to win the World Series against the Mets. Kane was DFA'd this week as he's yeah. been sl- as he's been slumping badly f- for the Milwaukee Brewers. But good on the Milwaukee Brewers for waiting until Kane passed the ten year threshold mm-hmm. of his career, therefore making him eligible for pensions and all sorts of other things. This was a guy who twice made it to the MVP top ten vote, ALCS MVP, Gold Glove winner. Part of the Royals team that went to back-to-back World Series, winning the World Series in 2015. And I, if this is the end of his career, then you know he had a one. That's a wonderful career. He, he checked as many things off as you'd want to have on your proverbial bucket list as a Major League Baseball player. Um, but I think about you know the difference between you know, Trout and Kane. Obviously, Trout is a thousand times a better player than than Kane. But we look back, and Kane has a couple of moments when we look at his highlight reel of those October moments. And, you know, I mean, it's it's a shame that Trout hasn't had many opportunities. But one of the few opportunities he did have was a game that Kane came through and not Trout. Again, I'm not comparing the two. The one's better. That Obviously, Trout has had the better career. But you know the, the legend of a player like Trout is – based upon how they, you know, how they do in the big moments. And it's not Trout's fault that the Angels stink mm-hmm. and they continue to stink. But it, if he homered off of Jason Frazier, not even Wade Davis or Greg Holland, Jason Frazier, not a bad pitcher, but if he had homered off of Jason Frazier, that would be your Mike Trout moment that I'm missing in his career. Sully Baseball and I will discuss, does Albert Pujols deserve a retirement tour? But if you don't want to hire people who are close to retirement, you want people just entering the job market, you need to head to LinkedInJobs.com because as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
let's wrap up the pod. Yeah, that's my biggest gripe when talking about the Mike Trout legacy and story arc. It's just the fact that he doesn't have any postseason moments. And we've talked about this on Nazia on this podcast, my own podcast, because I'm the quote unquote Mike Trout troll. But it's just because I want to see that big postseason moment or it doesn't have to be a big postseason moment. I want to see something from him on the postseason stage. And like we've talked about it, it's not all his fault because you can only do so much as a one man crew. He's done everything, you know, from an offensive and defensive standpoint as a player. But I want to see what he is with his back against the wall and the biggest pressurized moments, because I can't just assume Mike Trout, the great player in the regular season, that translates to the postseason. I can't just assume that great player we see for 162 games is going to be the same great player in the postseason because we do have the Clayton Kershaws of the world, who is one of the greatest pitchers of all time in the regular season, and then stunk it up repeatedly in the postseason to a point where he's a guy who you just couldn't trust in the big games once you got to the postseason. And this is a guy who is one of the all-timers in the regular season. So I can't just say, yeah, Mike Trout's the greatest player of all time just because of what he does in the regular season. I got to see something from him in the postseason. Like we said, it's not all his fault. But thankfully, even at the age of 30, 31, wherever Mike Trout is, he's showing he's still got a lot left in the tank. He's still an MVP caliber player. He's still arguably the best player in baseball. So I still think we got a lot more time trial. I still think we got a few more years, but I do want to see him do something on the postseason stage, because if we look up at the end of the day, 20 years into Mike Trout's career is the best offensive statistics all time in the regular season. But maybe one to three postseason hits. I'm going to look back and say, yeah, great player, but kind of a disappointing career. Tough crowd. By the way, I must make a little bit of an apology to Jason Frazier, who at the time was a 36-year-old journeyman for Kansas City. But in his – he played parts of two different seasons with Kansas City, and in 49 games, um, he did pitch to a 1.54 ERA. He was an effective pitcher out of the bullpen for Kansas City. So, uh, obviously, if you make it to the major leagues, you're a tremendous player – so I'm, you know, he's obviously had a good year that year. I'm just saying, a 36 year old journeyman reliever. It's not like he was staring down Mariano Rivera in his prime. I'm just saying. By the way, Albert Pujols also played in that game uh, and popped up, and uh, Albert Pujols got a very nice uh, reception by the by the Red Sox. The Red Sox did a good job uh, mm-hmm. honoring uh, Pujols who was part of the 2004 Cardinal team who lost to the Red Sox. I don't know if anyone noticed the Red Sox won the 2004 World Series. But uh, his uh, fellow uh, native of the Dominican Republic, uh, David Ortiz, who are both both Ortiz and, and Pujols are American citizens now, but uh, and they, they had a nice ceremony with uh, Ortiz. They gave him a number from the, uh, the Green Monster. And, uh, you know, good for, good for him. Good for the Red Sox for for giving really one of the best players who had his share of postseason highlight moments in his time with the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, And and, Pujols is one of those guys that deserve a retirement tour. Some of these guys, they think that they deserve the retirement tour. They're like, hey, guys, my last year, I know I made a few all-star teams. I want to go to every home crowd and get an award. Like, no, you don't deserve the plaque. You weren't that good. You might not even be a Hall of Famer. Albert Pujols, consummate professional, first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the greatest players of our generation. He's one of those guys that deserve the retirement tour. And you know who's also going to deserve that retirement tour? Jack Sawinski. Jack Sawinski, who came over to the Pittsburgh Pirates in the trade involving uh, Adam Frazier 
uh, last uh, July or August, whenever they pulled that. Uh, July is when they pulled that off. Um, he is a he has now played in forty seven games. Twenty three year old player who is a uh, outfielder for the Pirates. And today against on Father's Day, as I remember, we all love our dads, and or you know we should. Let's not assume. Some some people don't, and some people (laughs) some dads aren't worth loving. Uh, That was that was awkward. I love my dad. May rest in peace. His favorite team was the Giants, and Jack Sawinski against the Giants hit three home runs. Count them three, including a walk off home run. So um, yeah, I think he had the walk off home run against the D backs a couple weekends ago as well. Yeah, so. so. He's he's you know don't pitch to Sawitzki with uh, with a game on the line. The guy the guy's got a big swing. Now of course that National League West battle is uh, you know the Giants lost the game to Pittsburgh. There was a couple of key injuries. Los Angeles mm-hmm. lost to Cleveland today. Uh, lost Mookie Betts to a rib injury. Not sure how long that's going to be. And the yep. Padres, who for a while actually passed Los Angeles for first place. They fell back. They lost again to Colorado, and they're going to be missing Manny Machado for a few weeks, maybe even longer. And so they're going to continue to move forward without Tatis and now without Machado. And you might see that NL West race tightening a little bit. It would tighten a little bit more if the Giants could get Sawinski out. Yeah, and talking to Javier Reyes, who I'm going to do a crossover with, I think tomorrow for the D-backs versus San Diego Padres series, he's talked about, like, he thinks Man Machado has been the MVP of the National League so far because of how much he's been valuable to that Padres offense mm-hmm. without a Fernando Tatis. Because you look a bit down that lineup, like, a lot of guys outside Machado aren't having great seasons. It's really about Machado and the pitching of that uh, Padres rotation with the Joe Musgroves and the Darvishes and the Manias and uh, the Mackenzie Gores, who a rookie has been really phenomenal this season. Yes. So taking Manny Machado out of that lineup is going to be very detrimental to, to that uh, Padres offense. And I want to see how they respond and how they bounce back. And who knows? I, I think Cano has been in the minor leagues. Do they call someone like him up? Uh, Hassan Kim, maybe he hopefully steps up to the plate a little bit. Maybe Jay Cronenworth, some of their infield guys, hopefully they step up. Maybe Luke Voigt can tap into some of that power that we saw back in New York. Haven't really seen it too much in San Diego this season. So I think it's going to have to be a collective effort by the San Diego Padres. And they're just going to really hope that they're really their rotation, their bullpen continues to step up because they're probably going to have to win some really just nasty games over the next few games, over the next few days without Manny Machado in that lineup. And it's probably going to have to be some close scoring games that they win. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Come back tomorrow, talking more Diamondbacks versus Padres. Hopefully the D-backs can get this series finale. And then we got part three with Sully Baseball. So come back tomorrow. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. Thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. The first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. Search now for Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, and the draft experts of Locked On NBA Big Board. The five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway. Make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today. And come back tomorrow. More Dimebacks news coverage and insight as always. Deuces!